You're listening to the Carry On Friends Podcast, Episode 25. Welcome to the Carry On Friends Podcast, where you'll be inspired and empowered to do amazing things in your personal lives, career, business, and community. With your host, Carrie Ann Reed Brown. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Carry On Friends podcast. This is episode 25. As always, I'm so grateful that you're listening and I'm excited about this episode. So today's guest on the podcast is Julian Gordon, and Julian is the founder of The Focused Group. He's also a speaker, a teacher and a coach. I first heard Julian speak last summer at a blogging conference here in New York. And since then, I've been part of his, I've subscribed to his blog. I've just been following what he's been doing. I've participated, I participate in the focus group and a few other projects that Julian has done. And I'm excited that you're listening. In this episode, Julian speaks about creating more happy hours, tracking more happy hours and tools that he has created that I have used to help people create more happy hours like the New Year Guide, one of my favorite tools out there. And we talk about redefining success and much, much more. Before we get into the interview, just a couple announcements. The Carry On Friends Live, Build, Achieve journal is out. It includes tips on how to write consistently and building the habit of writing in your journal. I will go more into that in a a future episode, but that is out. It includes questions and prompts to help you start writing in your journal. It also has um, tips on how to take notes. Now, um, I'll get more into that, but I'm very excited about that because as you know, and I've talked a lot about, I do a lot of journaling. Writing is so therapeutic. There's so, there's so many benefits about it. And it's a practice that I believe that if you take up the writing habit, you will find that as you get consistent with your practice, you start to be more intentional. You start live more meaningfully. You start building stronger and achieving abundantly. It's just so exciting. I'm very excited. Also, remember that we are on Twitter and Facebook and I'll put the information in the show notes. So on Twitter, we're at Carry On Friends. On Facebook, it is Carry On Friends Official. I'm on Twitter at Carry On Carry. I'm not sure which platform you're on or you're listening to us on right now, but we're on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, and you can also listen to the podcast on the blog. So please visit us. If you haven't already subscribed, please subscribe. If you haven't left a review, it would be very helpful and so appreciative if you rate and review the podcast. So I won't keep you waiting any longer. Here's my interview with Julian. Hello, Julian. Welcome to the Carry On Friends podcast. How are you today? I'm doing great. Good morning. Good morning. I'm so excited to have Julian on the show. And guys, I'm really nervous about this. I'll be very honest. Um, Julian is the teacher. I'm the student. And I'm so excited for him to be here because I know he's going to give you so much information. And um, I can't wait for him to inspire him for him to inspire you the way he's inspired me. So Julian, tell our audience a little bit about you. Uh, uh, I guess the best way to capture that is in moments. Um, I love taking my daughter to swim lessons. Uh, I, um, 
I love hosting potluck dinners uh, with friends. Um, I love taking walks around the block with my wife. I love uh, speaking in front of people um, and not just inspiring, but transforming. I love creating tools that help people design their lives and get in the driver's seat of their lives. I love writing. Um, I'm a homebody. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a up-and-coming chef. Uh, I only have a few dishes under my belt, but it's one of the things that I'm intentionally working on to improve. You know, we eat three times a day, so those might as well be happy hours when we're eating, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, that's a little bit about me. Um, some of the uh, labels that uh, people look for is uh, I'm a Jamaican-American. Um <laughs> Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> My dad is from uh, Trelawney in Jamaica and um, and uh, originally from Oakland, California. I went to UCLA for uh, undergrad and then Stanford for business school, then moved out to New York. And um, now I run an organization called The Focus Group. And uh, that organization is just committed to helping people um, design their lives and create more happy hours through uh, small groups that set goals together. Some people call them mastermind groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, also through the tool creation and the and the writings and the webinars um, and the podcast that we have. So um, yeah, that's our, our commitment. So that is a lot of information. Let's start with why you got into creating the focus group or creating more happy hours. Tell us what led you to follow this mission through the focus group and through creating more happy hours? Yeah, well, it really starts with this idea of more happy hours. Um, I, uh, I've i been around some quote-unquote successful people going to business school like Stanford and, and things of that nature, and I've met millionaires, and, uh, and I realized that our metric for success um, – has been wrong for a long time. Um, and a lot of our success has been measured by simply money. And, and of course, when you come from uh, not a lot of money, and I came from privilege, but uh, my parents didn't spoil me in that way. So I, I didn't, I wasn't just, just balling, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, I never had a pair of Jordans. My dad, I had shoes from Payless. Uh, my dad was a simple man. Um, so uh, I, I'm a simple guy as well, but um, you know, I've seen people have a lot of money and still not be happy. Mm-hmm. And and it's one thing to be on the, the low end of the totem pole and be looking up and be like, oh, man, they got all that money. Uh, that's where the happiness is at because you don't have it. Right. But now that I've actually experienced people who have it and still seen that they're not happy, I'm like, wait a second. Hold up. There's something missing here. This is what everybody's been told to go after in order to achieve happiness. And I see people with it, not not just a few people. I see a lot of people with it and not happy. And, and so I said, what if we just change the metric in terms of how we define success? For me, I believe it always starts with our definition of success. And we each have a unique and individual definition. But what people really want is not just more money. What we actually want is more happy hours. And there are 30-year-olds on this planet who have had more happy hours in their life than someone who's 90 years old and has 10 times as much money as them. And so really it's around changing this metric that we use for success um, and saying, you know what, in my life I've had thousands and thousands of happy hours and that's where my true source of wealth comes from. So that's where it starts from and then out of that emerges all the tools, the webinars, the focus group, etc. Okay. 
Awesome. Creating more happy hours is it's something that is defined on an individual basis. And um, in this culture where everything is more on social media and we're looking at what celebrities are doing, do you think it's hard for people to define what a happy hour means to them? Um, No, I don't think it's hard because, uh, you know, in my emails, my weekly emails, I uh, lately have been asking people to reply back to me with their happy hours from the past seven days. Mm. And, you know, oftentimes when you're getting emails from people who you subscribe to their listserv, you let it go to your spam folder or you skip it and it just stays there. And the responses that I've been getting from people have been amazing. Like they received my email and they're happy to get it. And they're happy. I mean, how happy are you to get email? Unless it's a business deal or a contract coming through, most of us aren't happy getting email. People are happy getting my email because I asked them to simply take a moment and reflect on your past seven days and think about the happy moments that you experience. And people are writing back such amazing things and they're thanking me for prompting them to do so. Uh, People know what happiness means for them. And Mm -hmm. happiness is oftentimes this vague, vague (laughs) idea and term that's out there. And when you really boil it down to these moments, you can see that it doesn't have to be this vague thing. It's actually happening in our lives. The question is, do we really notice it? One woman wrote me because, you know, I was in Paris. uh, I was in Paris um, during the terrorist attacks. And of course, that paints a negative picture of the world and of humanity. And and that week, the woman wrote, one of the people wrote back and she said, you know what, Julian, you doing, having me do this exercise reminds me that there is infinitely more good in the world than there's bad. But when you think about the media, right, what do we, what does the media magnify? It magnifies all the negative stuff that's happening. And what we're trying to do with more happy hours is simply magnify the good that is already happening in our lives that we don't notice because we're rushing uh, or because we're focused on the bad. Like there are happy moments happening in everyone's life today. I guarantee it, right? It could be me looking out this window right here and seeing the uh, leaves change color, Right Mm -hmm. from uh, and I see oranges and and, uh, greens and and reds um, and yellows like this is a beautiful scene. But if I'm focused so much on my to do list and rushing through life, then I miss this moment that is right here and accessible to me. Right. right? Um, I missed the opportunity to help a woman care, carry her stroller down the stairs. Right. Because I'm so focused on where I need to be. These are moments where uh, we can experience happy hours. They're available to us. The question is, are we going to jump in? the bubble are we going to stay uh jump in the bubble and actually be in that moment because a lot of us are trying to be in many places at once and when it comes to a moment a moment is like a bubble and you can only be in that moment right Mm -hmm. i can't be anywhere else but talking to you right now if my mind is uh focused on my to-do list while i'm talking to you right now or uh the argument that i got in yesterday while i'm talking to you right now i'm not even fully here in this moment therefore i can't fully experience it and happiness only happens in the here and now absolutely i love that so Let's talk talk about about tools that you, your top tool for creating more hours that you offer to your readers and to your audience. Yeah, the top tool right now for creating more happy hours is the New Year Guide. And this just comes back to designing your life according to what you want. So many of us have (coughs) navigated our lives unintentionally. And it's really hard to experience more happy hours when you feel that life is happening to you Mm -hmm. as opposed to you um, creating, co-creating the life that you have. Whenever you feel like you're supposed to do something, it's really hard to feel happiness in in the living of that life. And so a lot of us have been taught to be good, get good grades, go to good schools, get a good job. And we're on that track and we're checking off all these boxes. 
but it's somebody else's plan and vision for our lives. Right. And and we're successful on that plan, but if you succeed according to someone else's definition of success and not your own, it's really hard to be happy, right? And so right. it's it's really taking a step back. Um, the New Year Guide is just a tool. It doesn't just have to be done in December and January, but it's a tool that you can download at any moment of your life and just step back and say, what do I want? Right. What do I want? And that is the hardest question for people to answer. A lot of us know what we don't want. I don't want this kind of job. I don't want this kind of partner. I don't want this. I don't want that. Right. But when you ask people to say, okay, tell me what you do want, mm-hmm. it is the hardest question for people to answer. But once you start to get clarity on those answers, and that's what the New Year Guide draws out, um, you can start moving your life in that direction. And, and life no longer becomes this competitive thing because you're not, um, you're not trying to race down a paved road to try to beat other people. Right. Oh, he has a 3.9 GPA. I need a 4.0 GPA. He or she's making $150,000. I need to make $160,000, $170,000. you are not competing against anyone. You're simply creating the life that you want. Yes. I, I love what you said because I, I think I read it in the e-myth um, where you have to live your life intentionally. And this New Year guide it really requires you to sit down and be intentional and think about, you know, be in the here and now. Think of what you want for your life. So I love that about the New Year guide. Now, the New Year guide is not a little piece of paper. It's a really, <laughs> you know, it's a really nice book and I love it. But what challenges um, ha- have anyone has any challenge about completing the guide? What do you find people struggle with in terms of competing, um, completing the New Year guide? Great right. question. Um, to be honest, I know that everybody who downloads the New Year guide um, doesn't complete it. Mm-hmm. And that is, uh, and I've actually been working on how to close that gap. Mm-hmm. Um, so this year, on this, uh, this year, I'm actually going to be doing a, a webinar after people have downloaded it that where I'm going to be guiding people through some of the pages in, in the book. Because, you know, based on the focus group and the methodologies that we have there, once you get somebody started, mm-hmm. they're more likely to finish. finish but right. when people print it out or they download the fillable PDF um, and they look at it, it seems daunting. But I know that once people start, um, they're actually going to fall in love with it and continue to complete the rest of the pages. And you know what? Every page may not be for you at this moment in your life, right? Um, you need to, But you do need to focus on the ones that are critical to you. The one that I always come back to is, one, what's your definition of success? That's mm-hmm. something that we evaluate every single year, right. right? We don't just have one single definition of success and that carries you through your entire life. No, it's something that we need to come back to. Once you start from there, then we can say what kind of goals come out of that new definition of success that you came up with. And so there are some key pages that I think are critical, mm-hmm. but then there's others where if the family domain of your life is perfect right now, then you may not need to set goals in that area, right? But if you don't set goals in that area, right, and create new intentions for it, you might find that next year the family domain isn't as strong right right you know and i love that what's great about working with you is that you have these prompts that get people to think and and i think the webinar is going to be great for filling out the 2016 new year guide and also to your point I'm looking at my 2015 New Year guide and I didn't complete a lot of it because at the top of the, well, last year I wasn't working. So I couldn't fill in the section about what I'll do differently at work. Mm. And, but I did scribble a little something about if I was working, what I would want to do, you know, comparing my last experiences. And right before we got on the call, I flipped through them like, wow, I'm actually leaning in. I'm speaking up for myself. So 
I really, I'm so excited about the New Year Guide. I'm so excited about this webinar and I really, really want the audience. I actually had planned to go over my New Year Guide and a little bit to the audience just to, ex just to show what happens when you're intentional, when you write down these goals and when you look at it, well, we've looked at it six months ago, but when you look at it at the end of the year and you see actually what you've accomplished, I think it's just really a great motivator. I was asking you for my new New Year guide in August because I looked at it and I was like, wow, this is happening. So I'm really, mm -hmm. really excited about this. And I really want people to get intentional about the way we live our lives because like you said, the new 4.0 isn't necessarily the grade in school. It's your personal capital, your intellect. Let's I'll actually let you talk about the new 4.0. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, we've been focused on the other 4.0 or the old 4.0 right. uh, from junior high school. And, you know, a lot of people got good grades and they might have had a 4.0, 3.9, whatever. And they realized that that had no bearing on their success. It might have opened some doors like where they might have went to grad school or where they went to undergrad. But at the end of the day, um, the valedictorian, I actually know the valedictorian from high, my high school and she's doing okay. She's not doing uh, extremely better than anyone else, even though she had the best GPA in high school, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I've actually identified this other 4.0 that is critical to your success um, throughout the enti your entire life. And that's your personal capital, which is how well you know yourself, your awareness of your gifts, talents, strengths, and skills, um, <clears throat> or your gifts, talents, and strengths. And then there's your intellectual capital, which is your what you know. That is either uh, mastery at some sort of skill or some sort of subject. And a lot of people may have majored in something in college and they may be working in an industry today, but they don't have any mastery, right? Mm -hmm. They can't go to the market right now. If they were to get fired today and they had to go sell their services as a consultant or a coach, they don't really have any skill mastery or subject mastery that they can say, this is my skill. I am great at it. And here's what its value is in the marketplace. Then there's your social capital, which is who you know and who knows you. And this is your networks in all directions, up, down, across, and out. And then finally, there's your financial capital, which is who knows that you know what you know. Who knows that you know what you know. So financial capital actually grows at the intersection of your intellectual and social capital. So the more people that know that you know how to help them get a job, right, right the more opportunities are going to come your way in terms of coaching opportunities, speaking opportunities, et cetera. But if you have this great intellectual capital and nobody knows that you have it, then guess what? Mm -hmm. You get no financial reward from all of that brilliance that you have. So <clears throat> this is the other 4.0. And what's beautiful is that you get to control your personal capital, you get to grow your intellectual capital, and you get to grow your social capital. And the more you grow those three things, the more financial opportunities are going to come your way. Absolutely. And the other 4.0 is also laid out in the New Year Guide. And it's it's going to take some take some people longer to figure out their other 4.0. But yeah, I, I believe that once you are committed to doing the work, because doing the work is we can't cheat. I, I, you said it, you can't cheat it. You just have to go through the process yeah. in order to to know what that other 4.0 is and be committed to it. And and then you'll start to see subtle changes. And, and I think that's key. We all expect this big bang and everything changes overnight, but it's the subtle changes that build 
on each other. It's stack like like stacking goals, right? Mm, it's it's yes. building on each other to to really start seeing the 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 full magnitude of changes that happen to you over a period of time and not just like overnight. Yes. Um, so yes, I'm 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 still loving this conversation. <laughs> um, all right, so let's talk about New Year's resolutions. I I purposely had you come on the podcast because it's the time of year when people start making New Year's resolutions and you know, by the end of January, a lot of those resolutions didn't happen. And it's it's really New Year's resolutions to the opposite of creating um, happy hours because you're just doing it because you think you should. So let's talk about why people do not stick to New Year's resolutions and um, maybe what's one challenge or one reason why people do not achieve goals or stick to their New Year's resolutions. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a great question. Um, and a lot of people say, oh, New Year's resolutions don't work. No, right. that's not true. Um, it's that we're not working New Year's resolutions right. right. <laughs> um, and New Year's resolutions work. People set goals all the time. Uh, the, the first and biggest problem is that most people set New Year's resolutions on January 1st, and that's the day after they've got extremely drunk and they're tired from the New Year party. <laughs> Why would you ever set goals right. for your life? The day after you have drank more alcohol than right. you did all year or right. you partied until 5 a.m. It doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah. So that's why the New Year event is on January 2nd, not January 1st. first. Yes. <laughs> yes. So yes. That, that's first and foremost. But that's just the, the funny side. But the really uh, the real important thing is that um, we all have difficulty saying no. Mm-hmm. We're a lot of we're yes people because many of us are people pleasers. Right. We think that when we, the more people we please, the more successful we'll be, and that's just not true. Um, and so, uh, what happens is every week we all get 168 hours. Mm-hmm. We all get 168 hours, except for the last week of your life, right? Um, and what happens is we go from the last week of December into the new week um, in January, mm-hmm. and we don't say no to anything, right? So. If you are setting a new intention or a new goal for your life, you have to ask yourself first and foremost before you even take action, what am I going to say no to that I did last week to create right. space in my life for this new intention and this new goal that I have this week, right? right. So am I going to not, uh, am I, am I gonna not um, sit on the couch and watch, uh, binge watch my favorite shows right. to create space for this exercise goal, to create space for this new learning or cooking goal, to create space for my career search? Where am I going to find that time? Because oftentimes people are trying to pour on these new things to a life that is already busy, Mm -hmm. right? So it really starts with getting control of your time and finding out where is the time that I actually have to make space for these things. And what's interesting is when I was in high school, um, I found that I had better grades when I was in sports season than when I was out of sports season. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't make sense because I just appeared busier during sports season. But the real the reality was is that I was more efficient. When I didn't have practice after school, right, I would go home 3.30, 4 o'clock, and I'd have maybe only two hours of homework to do, but I would mm-hmm. let that two hours of homework spill into five hours right. simply because the space was there. Right. Whereas when I was in season, I knew I only had two hours, and if I didn't do it in that two hours, it wasn't going to get done. Right. right? <clears throat> so um, oftentimes people think they're busy, but the reality is, is that they're letting or allowing things that should take shorter amounts of time to fill up the emptiness in their lives. 
And so they're not that busy. And so we need to figure out what we're going to say no to and how we're going to be more efficient to create space for these new goals and new intentions. And then, of course, as you mentioned earlier, there's goal stacking. Um, We set New Year's resolutions and we set a goal in every domain of our lives, Mm -hmm. health, food, uh, family, career, money. We set all these goals at once. But, you know, the way goal stacking works is you may set all those goals at the beginning of the year, but you tackle one each month. Right. You stack one on. So um, my first goal is an exercise goal. I'm not going to do anything about my financial goals or anything like that in January. I'm focused on my exercise goal and integrating in that into my life, just like sleeping, breathing, and eating. Right. Okay? And now January's done, and oh, I got a handle of that. I'm going to the gym four times a week. It's integrated into my life. Great. Now let me pick the next one. Now I'm going right. to focus on my financial goals, and that's February. And I found that when people do goal stacking instead of trying to do all these goals at once, um, they're more successful because if you're juggling and if, if you're about to juggle and I throw you eight balls to catch at once, yep. how are you going to do? <laughs> Can't. You can't, right? But if I say, here's one, Mm -hmm. toss that up and toss that down. Here's two. Here's three. And all of a sudden, you're starting to get in the hang of it because you are adding them on one by one, not all at once. Right, right. I just love that you said we, we essentially try to do too much all at once. And because we do that, that's, I think, the easiest way to just give up on everything. Instead of scaling back, we're like, oh, let's just give up and and not do anything. So it's really important that we tackle one at a time. Like I'm starting, I'm looking at my new year guide again. And I said, I want to exercise three times a week. I've been doing that. And um, my coworkers like, you have to eat differently. I'm like, I know I have to do that. But let me just get a hang of working out three times a week. Then I could deal with eating differently. Because when I try to do too many things at once, I end up not really moving the dial as far as I really want it to go. So it's, it's, it's not even the complicated things something so simple as exercising you know you have to exercise and change your eating habits but you just have to tackle one at a time whichever one is easier for some people it's probably changing the eating um heating habits first before the exercise but the goal the 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 lesson here is one at a time yeah So, so i love that about the focus group it was you know in almost 12 months, all the things that I've accomplished. Whereas before I'd look at it like Mount Everest and like, how am I going to tackle all of this? And in less than a year, I've tackled so many things. Yeah. So that is amazing. Now, I want you to tell our audience a little bit more because you mentioned it. We have to create space in our lives. Maybe we don't binge watch Scandal or How to Get Away with Murder. But there's other aspects that we have to do. And you you talk a lot about the social friends versus success friends. And um, before I'll let you explain what social friends and success friends are to the listeners. Yeah. So uh, a lot of us have friends and a lot of our friends came to us based on convenience. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Nobody was out there. I'm looking for a good friend right now. Mm -hmm. You kind of just naturally met your friends, whether that was through work, whether it was school, church, wherever you naturally met them. And a lot of our friendships are derived out of convenience, which is cool. It's great that we meet people in that way. But when you uh, find friends based on convenience, it's almost like uh, having a sibling, right? You didn't really choose intentionally about who your friends were. And there are your social friends um, that 
you party with, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 it's all about having fun together, mm-hmm. and and that's great. We need social friends, but I found that sometimes it's really hard for your social friends to also be your successful friends. Yep. Your social friends want uh, want you for who you are, right? They like that you're funny. They like that you play video games with them, or they like that you watch Scandal with them on Thursday nights, etc. But uh, this, your successful friends are the people who see you for who you could be. Mm-hmm. And they actually are pushing you. They're like, uh, they're like, Carrie Ann, you don't need to be watching Scandal right now. Your podcast is launching tomorrow. You yeah, need yeah. to go home. And matter of fact, n- not only do you need to go home, I'm actually going to go to Starbucks with you and get it done. Right. right? Um, and sometimes uh, it's rare, uh, but sometimes your social friends can be your successful friends. And mm-hmm. that's a beautiful combination. Yeah. But in many cases, they're not. And so oftentimes we have to surround ourselves with other people who believe uh, what we believe and actually want better for themselves, but not just want better for themselves, also want better for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really the difference. Um, and, uh, and knowing if you go down the list of people in your phone, right, the, the top 10 people you call, and you ask, wow, are they a social friend? Is it just about fun when I hang out with them? And do they just like me for who I am? And that's great because you need people to know you for who you are friends from elementary school, et cetera, mm-hmm. right? But you also need people around you who are going to push you into who you could be. Right. So as we wrap up, let's look at the starting point. What's the starting point for creating more happy hours? What is it? The start, let's start with the New Year Guide. Should we start with the New Year Guide as a, I don't want to say holistic, but let's use holistic um, starting point to evaluating everything we have to do. And then what comes next? Um, that's a great question. So I wouldn't start, uh, I don't think you have to start with the new year guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, this notion of creating more happy hours, uh, let's not even go there. Let's just say acknowledging the happy hours that are already happening in your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Cause they're already there. Yes. Right. Yes. And so, um, one thing I encourage people to do, you know, I have my thank account and my thank account is my version of the gratitude journal and, and it's on my website. And I started this thing April 6, 2011. And over the past um, four years, um, I have documented over 12,000 moments of gratitude in this little book. I call them um, millionaire moments or happy hours. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, that means just before you go into trying to create happy moments, right, why not just appreciate the ones that are already happening in your life? The other thing you can do to really acknowledge where you are in terms of happiness, and, you know, happiness is this hard thing to measure, I found simply get a calendar, you know, from your uh, insurance people, you know, State Farm might have a, a calendar that they give away for free and you put on your fridge, you put that up, and every night before you go to bed or every morning uh, when you wake up, you simply draw a happy face that reflects how you feel. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, if you feel sad that day, you draw a sad face. If you feel good, great um, as you go to bed uh, because you had a productive day and you had lunch with a friend and then you had dinner with your family, then you draw a big smiley face. Mm-hmm. And after you do that, it's very simple. You put it on your bathroom mirror or wherever you're going to see it. You're going to start to see patterns in terms of how you feel. Right, right. And if you see enough sad faces in a row, you know that something's off. And if you see a lot of happy faces in a row, you know that you're in alignment. So that's where I'd start. Start with um, tracking your happiness and then to acknowledging the good that is already happening in your life. And then from there, uh, and then from there, we can start to create. That's what the focus group is about, the New Year Guide. Uh, once we've already started to acknowledge the good that's already in our lives, now we can step into how do I create more good? Right. 
Right. And so um, I'll have links to the New Year Guide, the focus group, the thank account, all of that in the show notes. But um, what's one takeaway that you would like our audience to have um, outside of getting the New Year Guide, coming to the New Year event? You know, what's what's really your your big takeaway that you want people to have? Yeah. um, So if you really want uh, to be successful, um, especially if you're type A, um, I encourage you to uh, not go alone. Yeah. As type A's, we're the, we're the ones who, when our, our group was uh, not doing well on the project and it was due tomorrow, we were the one like, just give me everything, I'll do it, and then I'll turn it in and put everybody's name on it. Yes, right? yes, and, yes. And, that's, and while you may have got the grade that you wanted, you did it with a lot of stress and a lot of frustration mm-hmm. and a lot of resentment. Um, there's actually an easier way to navigate life and to uh, become the successful person that you want to be. And the easiest way to do that is in community. And finding other people who are committed to not only their success, but also to your success. Um, yeah, so I really just encourage people not to go alone. Um, at the beginning of the year, <laughs> excuse me, 2015, I wanted to be a better cook, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was tired of going to my own potlucks and, and leaving, leaving with my dish, right? <laughs> my dish is supposed to be gone, right? Um, so uh, I had had this goal to be a better uh, cook for a long, long time, and it just wasn't happening. And so at the beginning of the year, guess what I did? I hired a friend to come in uh, for one evening. Um, I hired her for $150, um, and uh, she came and taught me how to cook three of my favorite dishes. Right, mm-hmm. So I, I, I set the goal, and then I got somebody else involved in the goal. And so for some of us, we have these goals, and I really challenge you to get other people involved. It could be a coach. It could be a consultant. It could be a personal trainer. It could be a friend who's going to meet you at the finish line of that marathon. Right, uh, Get somebody else involved in your goal. Do not try to go at it alone right. um, because we have this weird psychology about ourselves as human beings. We're, we're more uncomfortable disappointing ourselves, uh, uh, disappointing other people than we are ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so rather than see that as a negative thing, let's say, how do I get other people involved in what I'm doing? And once you do that, uh, you'll find yourself achieving at higher levels. It's the same way as a personal trainer. If you go to, to a gym and you are, you're working on some push-ups, you can knock out 15 on your own, but all of a sudden you think that that's it because it's just you. Right. But if you have a personal trainer there, they're going to say, once you hit 15, they're going to say, give me three more. Right. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, comes three more push-ups. Yes. Where did they come from? Yes. They and came from the presence of somebody else being there and seeing you for who you could be. And and. That's what the focus group does. And I I spoke about working out three times a week. I knew I I needed to work out. So I went to my coworker. I'm like, hey, you know, I have this workout DVD. We could go to the office gym and work out. She's like, yeah, sure. That is how I'm working out three times a week because my co I went to my coworker. Um, luckily my employer, we, they pay for one yoga class and a Zumba class. So we just needed to fill out the other two. Yeah. And that's how we got it done. And she was like, you know what, Carrie Ann, thank you for coming to me with that. Mm. I, I, I was scared to do it, but I'm like, you know, what? I really need to get this workout. And yes. I knew that if I waited until I left to commuted you know if you're living in new york city you know commute could range from sick passenger to train traffic (laughs) by the time you get home you're like i don't want to do this so i figured cut out the commute my company has a gym let's utilize that gym for 20 minutes that's all i need 20 minutes and i i've been doing it for three weeks i'm very excited amazing yes yes thank you so accountability is such a key thing the focus group is the biggest accountability that i've asked for myself as a type a person i'm able to 
I, I've had actually goal planning parties in 2012 and I was so excited and I was like holding everyone else accountable, but no one was holding mm. me accountable. And so the focus group was really that differentiator for me. I needed someone to push me beyond the way I push other people. Yes. And, yes. um, and, and it's, it's just been really amazing. So I'm, I really want my audience to, if not Julian's the focus group, you need an accountability partner, a success friend who will be accountability partners because, or social friends, because that goal planning party, they were cousins. They're mm. not going to really hold me accountable the way I need. So they're like, all right, all right. you know, fine. So yes. you really need someone who's really committed to your success and hold you accountable to make sure that what it is, and, and not just say, all right, you know, here you want to do this. They'll ask you why you want to do it because they want to know that they're supporting you into something that they really feel it will make a difference. Or, you know, sometimes, like you said, sometimes or success friends, they see you in a different way than you see yourself. And yes. they, they have an outside perspective and they can tell you like, no, I don't think that's the right way to go. Ginger does that for me. Yes. Yes. So like, no. So yes, accountability is so important. And um, for 2016, in addition to, you know, tracking your happy hours, acknowledging your happy hours, start seeking out accountability for the things that you want to ultimately accomplish. And um, I, over time, you'll see, you know, the people who will be your go-to or your support. And I figured that this year, I knew from all my goals, which people I could go to, to hold me accountable to get my yes. goals accomplished. So beautiful, beautiful, really amazing. I'm so excited. <laughs> All right, Julian, thank you so much for being on the carry on friends podcast. Um, it's just really been a pleasure working with you learning and I'm just looking forward for 2016 and I hope my audience will just get on board and really be committed and intentional about the change that they're looking to achieve in 2016 and beyond. Indeed. It was so great to be here and I'm so happy for you and let's continue to make it happen. Oh, yes. Oh, before I leave, um, yes. I want to tell the audience, the podcast was the first goal that I set for myself in the focus group. So it's really apropos that you are on the podcast at the December episode. So Wow, yes. that's huge. Yes. That's huge. Yes. So thank you again for listening, Julian. Thank you for being on the show and let's create more happy hours. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Carrie Ann. You're welcome. Okay, friends, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Carry On Friends podcast. For a recap of this episode and other great articles, please visit the blog at www.carryonfriends.com. That's C-A-R-R-Y-O-N-F-R-I-E-N-D-S.com. You've been listening to Carry On Friends a show about the Caribbean-American experience, produced by Breadfruit Media. We post a new episode every two weeks on Tuesday. And if you're looking to learn more, buy our merch, or sign up for a newsletter, check out carryonfriends.com. Or find us on all social media platforms at Carry On Friends.